0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Crippled Stump and uh, as I've said before we'll have episodes as soon as we get a decent guest together and in, in that vein we have another decent guest here for you today.
1: Hi um, hi, Shabazz, my name is Nema Um, I am Basically, the, the author of um, a new novel for children called Mujag, um, and I uh, go by the pseudonym Annie McMorin. So, um, I have basically uh, just written this book. Uh, it took me about seven years to write, um, but my background is really art and uh, education. Um, uh, thank you for inviting me on your show.
0: <laughs> well, don't say thank you just yet. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't know what's going to happen, do you? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't mean to scare Yeah, Right, first question, right? Just yep. to get started. What uh, age range... What, dem- what demographic do you think this book is for? What age range, basically? Um,
1: well, when I uh, started writing it, uh, it was really aimed at um, children, um, sort of uh, eight primary school um, and older, so nine plus. Um, but actually it's, it's had a really good um, response from, from all ages, um, in particular, um, late diagnosed autistic people, because um, there's a sort of theme running through the story about autism and um, features mostly neurodivergent characters. Um, so it's really, it's a book for families. Um, uh children and for parents to read with their children actually
0: and if the nine you if you take yourself back to the nine-year-old you how would yep. this book have helped nine-year-old you if you would
1: have read
0: this yeah you went and read this book when you were lying how would this have helped your life
1: wow that is such a good question and i've not thought about it before but um like for me, because I grew up, um, I, had a, I was diagnosed autistic only three years ago at 43. So I grew up being undiagnosed. And I think it probably would have, I, I could have, I would really have related to the characters in the story. And I think I, it would have made me feel uh, not so weird, I think, to be understood. And um, just, I think it would have made me feel more like other people actually. And I think that's what it's done for the people who've read it so far have said to me that, you know, they really clicked with the characters and, you know, it's nice to be, you know, finally be represented, you know, in stories. Mm.
0: So,
1: yeah, I think think it would have helped me, actually. (laughs) It helped me writing it, for sure.
0: How do you think, as you've just mentioned, your diagnosis has changed your perception of yourself? Um, I
1: think uh, I think it just made me more aware and aware of um, the things I've always found difficult or um, felt different to others. It's just really helped me to sort of understand myself better and be able to manage things I've found difficult. So, um, yeah.
0: Sorry, I should have said at the start to everybody that we will be talking about the book. And so if anybody hasn't read it or doesn't want to know about it before they've read it, please go away and read it or listen to it and then come back and listen to the episode. But because I haven't told um, you that we'll be talking about it, but we will be talking about it. So anybody who doesn't like spoilers, please go and read the book first but yeah i just wanted to ask you off the bat right yeah. do you have a sweet tooth
1: i do a very sweet tooth and i've lost a couple
0: <laughs> because, so, because uh, there was a real element of sugar addiction
1: right right
0: uh, well, for me
1: yeah i mean that really comes from that's my father's fault because um he really has a sweet tooth and um when I was growing up, he would always buy me these. Um, I don't know if you are old enough to remember sort of one penny sweet shops and um, you would go to these shops and just buy sweets for a penny each. And he would buy me these packets of licorice, um, licorice sweets and, you know, boiled sweets and things like yeah. this. So, um, yeah, it was always um. And he, he also in, inspired the story I wrote because his characters are in it. He, he used to tell me these made-up stories about these gajum sticks, which are essentially um, alive, you know, this um, rock candy, yeah. bright rock candy yeah. sticks, um, but sort of animated, these animated sticks. So it was initially based on those stories and uh, then kind of just turned into my own made up
0: adventure yeah because i uh i've i did the audiobook uh, uh, a couple uh, about a week or two ago so yeah so i'm familiar with your with your book so oh you listened to the audio
1: did you say yeah yeah what did you
0: think It, it it was uh i'm not really used to listening to many children's books so yeah. it was very interesting, but me being a writer myself, it, uh-huh. it, you know, I've not written books or I've uh, I've written films and stuff, so it's okay. uh, slightly different. But yeah. I've, without being too critical. But one of the things I thought of the book, yeah. although it was really good, I thought there were like too many characters.
1: Yes. I think yeah. I think that is um, <laughs> I think it's a bit of a it's a bit of a crazy ride the story and there are yeah. loads of characters and I think what I what happened for me is that I think with it being a, a kind of a debut the first time I've written um, fiction yeah and I I think I did slightly get carried away but it also it was quite exciting because a lot of the characters are based on in fact most of the characters are based on people I know yeah. And um, and I just found myself just kind of like weaving into the story everything yeah. you know all my experiences and the people yeah. I've come in contact with and and um, and I think that's probably why. But um, I just thought it was really I was just really into just representing a wide variety of kind of neurodivergent people by the end of it, you know. And uh, yeah. And I think that if I do, I'm planning to write a sequel, and there will be fewer characters in that. I don't, I don't,
0: thing. I don't mean I think to quit.
1: Find it overwhelming. Pardon? I think people do find it overwhelming, and yeah. to, you know, to be able to process like all this new information because it is, it is about the fu- It's a futuristic story, so yeah. you've got the science fiction element to yeah. to do. If you're not really into science fiction, it might, it might be a little bit of a struggle at the beginning. But I think once you get into the story. Um, and you get to know the characters it becomes a bit easier um, so you've got that sort of science fiction element but you've also got the the new ideas you've got new concepts you've also got the, the stuff about autism so you're taking in quite a lot of information it's quite educational although I yeah. hope it doesn't come across as kind of like um it's quite,
0: it's quite political as well
1: yeah, I mean that's how it started to be honest. Because I, when I started writing, I was into sort of climate issues and yeah. climate change and and social stuff, and I wasn't really aware of autism when I started writing it. I was just learning, starting to learn about it, yeah. Um, yeah, and diagnosis and everything. And then just as I wrote it, I kind of those things those experiences in my life just started to influence the story and so you've got all these different elements but yeah it started out sort of social comment really and then
0: yeah.
1: evolved really
0: because you talk about greed yeah. and you talk about upcycling and stuff yeah. like that so right these are the kind of things that I I, I was interested in mm-hmm. and I wanted to talk to you a bit about what you yeah. think greed is and how you think greed destroy if you think greed destroys society or, or in what way does it destroy society
1: yeah i think for me i think that is kind of the root of most of our problems really i mean it's yeah. selfishness really i think people i think people like to show that they're you know they're they're doing the right thing and but at the same time, I think many people do look out for themselves at the end of yeah. the day. I think um, it's very difficult. And I think people who have things, often, you know, they they really work hard not to let go of things. They want to have more and more, you know, and then they kind of lose sight of what is really important. Um, um, yeah.
0: Do you think the... Um the pandemic has made that worse, or do you think it's made it any better? Or
1: well, um, I think it's brought out a lot of um, truths. You know, I think it's really strange that this has happened. You know, my book has come out in the middle of all this because yeah. it kind of reflects everything that I, you know, that upsets me in a way yeah. about society. But yeah. and it's just shown how how unsupported you know the disabled community is and how little people understand um struggles doesn't it Um, yeah Uh, i mean in a way it's good because it's highlighted stuff that affects us and how we you know what the the accommodations that we need but whether people whether that will stick and pe- things will
0: change, I don't know. I'm, I'm very, I'm very cynical. So yes. I, I think, I, it <laughs> I think uh, it will highlight it for a bit, but then everything will go back to uh, what we, what it used to be, you know? Yeah. Because because uh, in the UK we've had oh well over ten years of austerity. And mm. and we we we're back. we're we're coming out we're in this pandemic in, in that context, you know? Yeah,
1: and we're coming out worse than before, aren't we? Because yeah. of the economic yeah. way and everything.
0: And it's like people don't like to talk about these issues, but I think the only way to to com- confront an issue of Correct a problem is to talk about it because yeah. the best learning I do is not through books or anything, it's through conversation and other people's experiences and you know, nice. and being vocal and being, make sure I get heard and make sure yeah. I, I raise other people's voice. Because when I'm speaking, I'm speaking in a political context, like. Locally, I'm on the mayor's panel, mm-hmm. the disabled people's Manchester panel for mm-hmm. the mayor, and yeah. Um, yeah, just the just yesterday I was talking to him because he wants to um, make all transport accessible by 20, but in the next five years, right, in his right. next term, and I said to him, like. If you don't do, if you don't uh, follow this pledge, what, how do, we, how do we hold you to account? And, mm. and, he simply, yeah. and this was only yesterday, and, and he simply said to me, Well, Shabazz, you vote me out. I'm like, Okay, you talk, you, t- you teach me politics 101. I'm talking to you about how do we make sure you do it in the next five years rather yeah. than you we can talk to you in five years time and then Why well, you didn't meet your pledge you're out you yeah. know <laughs> no it's about working with you throughout the five years rather than at the end of the five years we just vote you out. It's not, yeah. it's not how it works, you know? No,
1: no.
0: Because it's just it's just ridiculous. It just winds me up. Like, mm-hmm. you talk to these people, and the higher up you go, these ladders, the more you realise nobody's got a fucking idea of what they're doing.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and the less power they have, the higher they go, the, le- the less power yeah. they have. Because he, he will sit there, the bear will sit there and say, well, I don't have an infinite budget or this, that or the other. You know, mm. to to implement these things. Anyway, yeah. this is meant to be about you, not about me. Yeah,
1: so. it's good. It's good. I just, it's it's really difficult, isn't it? Because um, I mean, yeah. I think you said things won't change. I mean, what about? Because well, I saw recently this um the documented um, Crip Camp. Is it Crip Camp? The name yeah. of the documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Really what interesting. What did you, about what did you think about that? No, I, I really enjoyed watching it. I learned a lot from it, a lot that I didn't know. I wasn't even aware of, uh, I don't think I knew the history, actually. I mean, they don't yeah. tell you about this stuff. And uh, really interesting that they, you know, they fought so hard for so long and they did achieve stuff. Yeah. I mean, we're still fighting for the things they, a lot of the things that they were fighting for back in the 60s, whatever it was, 70s. Um, but I think they did achieve something. I think uh, it's not easy, but I think it's possible. I
0: mean, you know? I mean, the other con the other thing about that documentary is uh, everybody like lords it and things like that. But uh, did you know that Barack Obama, the former president, his production company was involved in that?
1: Right? No, I didn't. So- so, what was it? What was it that you? And what would it, you didn't like about
0: it? It's not that I didn't like about it. It's like, it's like that you know, uh, the, these issues, and if you feel so strongly about the when when they were in office, they should yeah. have like done a lot more for the right for the disabled yeah. community. It's like right. for the African American people in America. I don't mm. think Obama did enough. For example, yeah. you know. I wonder
1: how much how much he could do,
0: though. You know. Yeah, it's but, just
1: the face, you know, and then what's but, happening behind.
0: But that's what I'm talking about before. Like mm. these people go get me into office. I can I can do this I can do that. And then when they're at, when they're in office, I can only do so much. You know yeah, why, yeah. why do why do, you, yeah. why do you want to be in office then?
1: yeah so I think really it's it's up to us to change do something, isn't it? I mean, we yeah. can't say so much we can do, but I think yeah. working together is the answer, you know and and
0: communi- communicating yeah. and not fighting amongst ourselves
1: definitely. That's one thing that really aggravates me actually,' is like especially in the autistic community, people, you know all this stuff about labels and what you should say and what you shouldn't say and and I find it really sad when autistic people kind of like squabble amongst themselves when we could just be like but, creating a positive atmosphere and changing things, you know. But, but you, than
0: you find people. that in all walks of life, really, that right. uh, communities just fight amongst themselves. Hmm. And they, uh,
1: people in authority like that, though, don't they? Because yeah aren't we? And we're not really focusing on
0: what it is but, we but need to... the people that really, the people that are that are supposedly in control or whatever are happy with that because they're more organised. They yeah. just they just focus on the goal and and that's it. We we yeah. fo- we sometimes focus on little things we can control like language. For example, mm. the reason we focus on language and saying things the right way, I believe, is that that is the only thing we can control, right? Right. Whereas everything yeah. else is kind of out of control. Yeah. So in a way... Yeah, but
1: it's kind of, it's kind of ironic, though, for autistic people because we, we struggle with expressing what we want to say. Yeah. Many do, and um, it's easier to write, which is why I ended up writing that book. But um, so it's just funny when people like talk about what, how we should say. Autistic people talk about how things should be said, and um, half the time we're confused about what <laughs> we're misinterpreting each other as well. So it's quite funny in, in a way. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, it
1: just uh, ends up being a bit silly. And,
0: really. and go, going back to your book, yeah. could you tell me a bit about the writing process? Yeah.
1: Um, well, I I. I am pretty, right, pretty, I was spontaneous. I kind of just started writing. I've always um, been able to sort of make up stories, tell stories, but I've never, I, I had never written anything down. And um, I literally just started writing. Um, and um, it just kind of like took, I think I, I wrote, a, I basically wrote a draft and, um, it didn't make much sense at the beginning. And I kind of worked on it and worked on it. I wrote several drafts and I had a, I have a very good friend who who read them all <laughs> and commented and gave feedback, which was amazing. Because I think that's the only way you, you can do it really. You need to have people read and and see where it's not making sense. Because I think a lot of it was in my head. I had this whole world in my head but I wasn't really wasn't really transferring onto the paper. Let's say, yeah. so it was just kind of. It was so weird. Like it's weird now, but at the beginning it was totally yeah.
0: obscure,
1: and um, it just kind of. It kind of took form over time. Really, mm. um, the plot came later. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was a plot, but. Uh, you know, little twists and things came along later, and I just kind of had like a a moment of clarity, and I just suddenly would think of where it would go next. But the characters kind of formed as I went along.
0: So, did you did you have an outline to start with?
1: Um, do I had outline. I I didn't actually. I just I had characters in mind, um, the main characters, and a starting point I mean I knew that they would end up in this weird world um and I knew where they were start starting from this island because I was thinking about climate change and stuff but there wasn't actually a story at the beginning it just it literally just evolved as I wrote yeah yeah so there, no outline <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: were you writing every day or were you writing once a week or
1: uh i
0: did you carry it, an old pad or anything like that
1: no well i most i find it quite hard like physically writing yeah. um so i i basically wrote um one page by hand and then gave up and the rest was literally on the computer
0: yeah
1: um and i would write i started writing it properly in 2013
0: yeah
1: um when i had just become a single mum um, and I had some time on my hands because we would share the time with our son. And I would just, I wrote quite a lot. I think I wrote about five chapters. And then this weird thing happened. There was that plane, what was that? It was, it was like a plane, a disappearing plane. What was that Yeah, plane? there was a
0: few of them, weren't
1: there? Yeah, do you remember they were in Indonesia or something? Yeah, yeah. Like 2004, 13 it was. Yeah. And, um, I don't know why, but probably the autism. Um, I just got obsessed with that storyline and I was watching the news, it's going on a bit of a tangent now, but I was watching this news and I just got obsessed, with I couldn't let go, I couldn't let go of that and I stopped writing, it was really weird, I just couldn't write and I, I just got a bit really depressed about it and a bit um, paranoid actually because you know, people were
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Were nuts about this, all this stuff happening. And then, um, and so I put it away and then I was living in Cyprus that time and then I ended up moving to London, back to London. And, um, and then just whenever I had some free time I would, I would continue writing. But I, it was really hard actually and that's why it took me such a long time. <laughs> um, and then to cut a long story short, I came back to Cyprus about three years ago um, and uh continued writing it then and just really wrote solidly for 2 years <laughs> like every day all day mm. long um and finished it essentially
0: did you feel <laughs> a bit crazy afterwards or did you feel when really- I finished? oh yeah
1: um yeah i just i really really enjoyed writing it it was sort of a catharsis for me really because yeah. it, it was it was like writing a memoir in a way, but very strange yeah. kind of memoir because I kind of, I used all my experiences in it uh, as well. Um,
0: did you feel empty after it then? Because yeah, I felt, feel yeah, a lot of yourself was, is on the page now and what's left.
1: Yeah, it was a bit of anticlimax because then I thought, all right, what do I do now? Because I had not really thought about how to publish it or anything. Yeah. And, um, and then all this, you know, I thought that the hard part would be writing it, but it turns out it's not. It's all the like <laughs> getting, if you want to publish it, that's the hard part. It's getting an agent and, all, you know, I had no idea about agents or whatever. And, yeah. and I started down that path and that was really hard um, from, a, from an autistic perspective, because I didn't know how, to, how I was supposed to approach people. I didn't know the industry. Um, and that is what led me to um, start my own publishing, my own press, and uh, I ended up. That's how I ended up publishing it through my own press. Um, oh and um, but I, yeah, this this press is autistic run, so I've only got people autistic professionals working with me um, on editing or, and everything. Um, and that is what I do now. So I've not started on my sequel yet because I've been focused on that. And uh, you know publishing. What
0: you said? Do you yeah. know
1: what your is going to be? Uh, I have a vague outline for that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, I've not really had time to work on it. Um, but I, I have started, I have um, worked since on, I don't know if you know Peter Street, who is an autistic poet, and uh, he submitted um, his childhood memoir to us, yeah. and that's what I've been working on since yeah. November, since my book came out. Yeah. Um, and um, that will be coming out this October. Okay. So,
0: yeah. Uh, do you think your next book will take seven years?
1: Uh, no. <laughs> Firstly, because um, now I kind of know what I'm doing. I've learned right. a lot about writing fiction. Um, right. So I've learned the kind of, um, and uh, yeah, my writing's improved a lot um, through that. So I think, um, you know, and I've set the scene and, you know, the world and everything is created. So hopefully, uh, once I get going, um, I reckon it won't take too long. But I, I don't promise anything because, you know, the process, I think what was nice about it was that in those seven years, so much happened that that kind of gave that inspired these different elements of the story. And I'm not, I'm a bit afraid, to be honest, that I can't recreate that again, you know, without yeah. spending seven years on it. But it's hard, it's hard to know. I won't know until I actually start writing.
0: Yeah, but you are going to do a sequel though.
1: I'm definitely doing it, yeah. I mean, I feel like I owe it to the people who have been so supportive and enjoyed it. But, you know, yeah. and also with the feedback I've had from the first one, I feel like I can even, hopefully, improve on it even
0: yeah
1: make it easier to process the information by and, having and though, less information
0: and now you've got your own publisher you kind of have to right
1: yeah 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 i'll definitely do it now and then so um yes it's nice because we've had a lot of submissions actually by from other writers but yeah. uh, unfortunately we haven't got the budget to publish them all so yeah. had to be very selective and. Uh, yeah, I would like to get my own one out of the way, though, to be honest.
0: <laughs> out of the way. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to write it, though, as well. Yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. if I wait too long, I will have yeah. lost, you know, the, the kind of, yeah. I, I don't feel like I shouldn't wait too long to write the next one. That's so I
0: um, another question about that, then, really. How, uh, how hard was it to get it onto Audible? Well,
1: we um, want to, or do you mean after we're creating it or publishing it?
0: Just getting published or audible.
1: Oh, no, that's easy. Okay. <laughs> that's the easy bit. Oh, yeah. um, I think it's the easy bit. I think you, I mean, you have to have a decent recording um, and yeah. then you just literally submit it to them to Amazon Audible or whatever. And yeah. um, it takes about a month for them to process it they check that it's all like technically fine um and then they you know it's not a matter of whether it's a good enough story i think it's more about tech okay. um yeah um but the actual creating of it um was pretty fun and it was during lockdown we did it so we got yeah. um i think it was 18 18 cast who came specially to london to record it live and a few from home because of obviously with the restrictions yeah
0: yeah. Did you did you audition people?
1: Yeah. Um I basically put a call out on Twitter. Yeah. Um I think it was uh last uh, about a year uh, about May March no March last year and um just a call out for a neurodivergent and autistic um anyone who was interested not necessarily um, professional voice actors. Um With it also, I put a call out in particular for um, black and um, minority um, autistic voices as well. Because I realized that there was um, really a lack of of black autistics and POC autistics in the industry. Yeah, Um, yeah. and that, that was also hard to find. People, I had a lot of responses actually, and um, a lot of um, people sent in their clips, you know, tryouts.
0: Yeah.
1: So yeah, that was good.
0: Did you have the time to go through all them?
1: I did. Listen, we listened to everything, and um, they were all brilliant. Actually, you know, it was quite a hard decision on who to choose, um, and it was also it was. That's another reason for not having too many characters, because you need a lot of voices.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what I was yeah. thinking. I yeah, was, it'll
1: be a lot. Hopefully, it'll be cheaper to produce too next time. I
0: was like, this woman must be from a wealthy background. <laughs> she, yeah, she's well, got I, a I, lot of big budget stuff. In. I
1: know. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't such a huge. It was a small budget, and mm. unfortunately, uh, most of the people, you know, did it for. You know almost nothing to be fair they we paid expenses and their um travel and everything yeah. because most people had like quite a small part, um some had bigger parts, and obviously got some money for that um, but yeah, the budget was tight um, but yeah i had i I've got to say that if I had not had been able to afford that, you know it would not have been possible, so. Yeah. And I think that's that's a shame the, the bad thing about the industry it's you know you do find a lot a lot of people are left out because you know at the end of the day you do need money to do all these things to yeah. do to promote yourself and produce these things very very difficult to get published
0: actually. Yeah. And uh, for any aspiring writers out there what kind of people should get in touch with you
1: Wow. Um, well, I mean, any, obviously we uh, prioritize neurodivergent writers um, and autistic writers. Um, really anything, uh, we're looking for any fiction or uh, memoir, we, you know, we're into our memoirs. And um, we also welcome self-diagnosed autistics because there are a lot of... Um, people who, who you know, have not been diagnosed, but um, very difficult to get a diagnosis as well. So we welcome them too.
0: And do, do you think self-diagnosis is a good thing?
1: Yeah, I think it's important because it all pops um, your growth, you know, self-awareness. And I think it's quite hard, though, because people, People tend not to take you seriously if you haven't got this official paper, you know.
0: Yeah, because n- not to be controversial or anything, but just to give you an idea, I do have some people coming to me and saying, "Oh, I'm a bit autistic, or this, that, or the other." You know, it's like
1: it's infuriating, really, because you know you can't be a little bit. You either are or you aren't. Right. I think what people, I think people. Um, are confused because you know they see that some autistics are nonverbal or they really struggle with co-conditions you know other yeah. um disabling conditions um some autistic people don't see themselves as disabled and others do so everyone is different and they experience being autistic in a different way i think um, yeah but i think they're all we all struggle with things but perhaps you know it looks a bit different
0: um it's, it's similar yeah. to similar to dyslexia yeah they're all oh, a bit dyslexic you know right you know it's yeah that, that kind of thing yeah
1: it's yeah. like saying i'm a bit
0: black you know yeah <laughs> it's like you can't or i'm a bit cp you know you can't
1: yeah you can't right.
0: really, really do that yeah you know?
1: yeah well you yeah. can
0: if you want but, but yeah it's difficult.
1: Oh, it's a difficult yeah, yeah. conversation, that. It's hard to say, but it's interesting because I am i don't know if you've seen that there's this um, documentary based on the I um, reason. Um, the reason it I jumped, jump, jump, yeah. yeah. I've They're
0: read the to, book. I haven't done the film.
1: Okay. So I'm definitely going to read the book because I hadn't read the book. Yeah. But the film is incredible, and the reason it's incredible is yeah. that the way they represent... Um, the sensory experience of an yeah. autistic person yeah. really amazing because from well for me and I've, I've read other people's comments and it really is how it is for me yeah. uh, from a, definitely from a sound perspective um it's yeah. really just really well done actually yeah. um and it just shows how intelligent and non-verbal autistics are and they're just the way people are perceive autistics is just so outdated it's, you know we really need to change the way we see disabled and especially autistic people
0: when did you first think you were autistic
1: um i started when i started to learn about autism um was around the time i started writing my book um so in my let's see well, how old my. out in um, in my late thirties or right, when I was about 40, I think.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I just, I read, uh, accounts of other late diagnosed autistic women yeah. and it just, you know, it struck, it struck me that it was exactly the same, that I'd had yeah. the same experiences, the same kind of difficulties in relationships, which is very com- common with female autistics. Um, and just not really being under- able to kind of understand your own emotions and things like that. Yeah. Um, very, very interesting. And things when you're growing up as well, experiences in school. Yeah. Just, yeah, it all just made sense suddenly.
0: Yeah, but it's very hard to like, you know, when you're a bit different, you start to think, well, is this just a normal growing up experience? Uh, right,
1: yeah, because for you, that's your experience and it's yeah. normal you yeah. you know and, and you just think you're i think it's the same for others um they just grow up thinking they're weird or you know yeah. Or they're, the worst thing is that you know as you get older in your teens or when you have your first relationship you just think you're crazy yeah. there must be something wrong you know like, very badly psychologically wrong and i think these things um are triggered because you're not getting the support or the you know your needs have not been met and so all these misunderstandings they can result in these kind of co-conditions, which which might not have happened, you know, if you'd known earlier, which is why diagnosis is so important. You know, people Mm -hmm. think, oh, it's a negative thing, but actually for most of us, it's a relief. It's like um, it answers all these questions you had, you know, about yourself and, and why you're struggling. And so then it enables you to kind of manage these things better, you know, and surround yourself with people who, you know, don't make you feel like you're <laughs> peculiar or, you know.
0: Yeah, but you can still nice. you can still be strange, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: strange yeah. is good. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah, because you grow up thinking, oh, and I, you know, I shouldn't be like this and I should be more, like, you try yeah. and emulate other people to be more yeah. like them.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And so that's how you become very good at copying other people and, you know, being socially appropriate or whatever. But actually, yeah, that's a you know, then um that takes a lot of energy and uh, I, leads to burnout <laughs> basically.
0: I've luckily kind of accepted from a very young age that I'm 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 different and I'm just weird, you know. So right,
1: right. And I it must have been especially hard for you. Yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah because the CP, you know it's visible disability as well isn't it
0: yeah yeah Um,
1: yeah. see my my sister is down syndrome yeah and of course and she has a completely different experience again you know to both of us
0: yeah
1: (laughs) and i you know i mean it's very odd you know the reception she has from people because obviously and and she has a tendency to you know just hug people and be really really over friendly yeah because people People think she's sweet and they say, oh, you know, and they're like sympathetic and everything. It's a yeah. very strange that they behave differently towards different types of disabled people as well. Yeah. You know?
0: Because when I was doing research for this, I mm. came across one of your, your YouTube interviews with one of your, your cast, oh, yeah. your cast yeah. members. And your sister was on there. And I wanted yeah. to ask you about your sister. After right. your diagnosis... Do you yeah. think your relationship with your sister changed? Did you see her differently? Well,
1: I immediately noticed all her autistic traits. Okay. So I believe that she's also autistic because yeah. I think that's also quite a common um, uh, dual diagnosis. Uh, a lot of Down syndrome are autistic also. Really? Um, that, yeah. And that was nice for me, actually, because I found, you know, something for us in common as well in that sense Um, but we all we've always got on and um, we kind of did lose touch a little bit because we're not being living together and yeah I think it has in a way um I I think I understand her better now as well because of that and the things that she does her little habits and her behaviors now um I see them in a completely different light so
0: Yeah. yeah. yeah And is she aware that you've got you've got your own diagnosis?
1: No, I don't think. I think it would be very hard to explain to her. I don't think she would understand that concept. And I think she just, I mean, she doesn't really, I think she's aware that she is different.
0: Yeah.
1: But I think she has a very strong character and I don't think she, you know, she doesn't see anything negative. I don't think she, I don't know. It's very hard to know what she, how she experiences. Yeah. Um, other people how what she thinks they think of her you know
0: but you see what I'm getting at here is see how you perceive the world and now you see how she perceives the world yeah you know different perspective perspectives two people are completely different
1: yeah, and doesn't isn't that what everything comes down to? Actually, is people someone's perspective. Yeah. As well, you know, okay. and if you just change your perspective slightly, I mean, it alters everything, doesn't it? Yeah.
0: And d- did you feel relieved when you got your uh, diagnosis, or or were you was there a part of you that was angry, going, oh, "I wish I had this earlier." Uh,
1: um, I. It's very, very hard to say, because if I had had it earlier,
0: OK, yeah. I might have
1: avoided a lot of um, kind of negative consequences of, you know, and relationships might have been easier. Or um, I think uh, understanding myself better would have helped. And I might have got the some help, support. Um, I don't know, because then again, I might not have attempted the things I've done. Yeah. My, if I don't know my parents had known perhaps they wouldn't have pushed me as hard let's say, yeah. and then academically although I didn't do so well academically but do you know what I mean, I wouldn't yeah, I don't yeah. know how much I would have done if I would have it's very difficult to say I think I think it depa- also depends on your family and the support you have
0: Yeah, um, Yeah. sorry I pride myself on asking, uh, have Asking difficult questions.
1: Oh, so, uh, I know. I'm not very good on the spot, to be honest. No, with but that, you. I am right. <laughs>
0: yeah, but <laughs> but don't. that that's what I like, and that's what I think people find interesting. Like, yeah, they don't want a prepackaged answer. I don't think. Yeah. You know, people want an authentic.
1: Experience. Yeah.
0: And and that's hopefully what we can get across. Yeah. And finally, I want to ask you. Through doing my previous podcast with an autistic person, I Mm -hmm. wanted to ask you about masking. Right. What you thought about masking and whether you do it a lot. Uh,
1: I think I have, uh, I think I do do it. I mean, I learned how to do it. Um, I think I mentioned that before, but um, uh, masking. I mean... I don't really know. Masking is, um, I think it enabled, I, without masking, I don't know if I would have been able to access certain things in society where I've been accepted, you know. I mean, I don't think it's right to mask. <laughs> I think we do it because we want to be accepted and want to be able to do things that other, you know, non-autistic people don't. What is
0: masking to you?
1: Well masking, I don't know, it's it's the way you present yourself in order to fit in with people who are not like you, I guess. Um, I mean, I have not really been aware that I was doing it. I mean, only since diagnosis and people talking about it is when I've realized that I do do it. Um, I mean, I think everyone does it to a certain extent. Obviously, we need to work a lot harder. (laughs) We don't need to, but, yeah, we do it. Um,
0: Do you find it exhausting?
1: Yeah, I think it is exhausting, although I'm not aware of it, you know. I think when you, like, if I'm in social situations, I do it, and then I think that's why you need so much time out afterwards, you know, to, like, get back the energy lost. Yeah. Um, but now I tend not to. I know because I'm aware of that now. Um, I try not to. You know, I don't. I just myself more. I think, and um, and I won't stay somewhere for a long time because I I sort of know now my limits. You know, I'll stay as long as I it's good for me. Let's say, and I'll just you know or will leave the situation.
0: Um, and that, and that, over time, have you got better? Obviously, have you got better at that, knowing when the right time for you is to leave? Or
1: I think I'm still you... learning. I think um, because you because I've done it for so long, this yeah. masking it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to know really. But I think you, uh, as I go, I'm, yeah, I'm learning.
0: Okay, i uh, I just is there anything finally you would like to say before we close?
1: Um, no, just thank you for inviting me um, and um, good luck with the rest of your podcasting.
0: <laughs> thank you. And I'd just like to say for the record, thank you very much for your time and for your honesty. Thank um, you Thank you. So much. And goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. See you.